At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens. Have a fantastic Friday right here on the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Get you ready for all the weekend action with the Tigers, golf. Looking forward to next week's preseason games with the Lions and Falcons and many others. And, you know, it kind of came, I don't want to say out of nowhere. I mean, we've been talking about it for a few days, and we knew the training camps have been open. And the Jags and Raiders had reported earlier uh, than the other teams because of the Hall of Fame game. But the preseason opener kind of snuck out out there, at least on me. I knew it was coming up, but until like four days ago, I'd forgotten it was today or last night, August 4th. And, you know, we had a resounding Raiders 27-11 win over the Jaguars. No Trevor Lawrence, you know, no Derek Carr, nothing like that uh, in game number one. But it's one of these things where... You know, we are getting so close to football, you can taste it. And just being able to watch an NFL game, I don't care if they literally hiked the ball on a play and handed it off 13 different times, you know, pitching it back and then just doing crazy, you know, pirouettes. I don't care what they did. It was football. And by the way, coming up in a little bit, I'm going to give you tips and tricks on value betting the preseason. I know that some of you might think that betting the preseason is stupid, and many games it is. But there are definitely games throughout the preseason that have bad lines, that have bad totals, that have bad spreads, that have bad money lines, and there are some times where we're going to bang some games out for you. We had a hell of a year in the NFL last year, and I'm not trying to tell you we're going to bet heavy in the preseason. That's not the way you make money. But there are definitely some preseason games 
that we will be on and that you can make a lot of money on because it just takes a little bit of research. And, you know, knowing what I've learned throughout the years when it comes to betting NFL. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, but just to start off here, before we get in the betting window, I, I just have to say, you know, the Detroit Tigers, we know, are not a good team right now. We know that they are not going to make the playoffs. We know that they have an embattled GM in Alavila. But I was thinking about this throughout Thursday, and I was able to watch uh, the Rays game with my dad. We were babysitting my nephew, the great Owens, with my sister and brother-in-law celebrated their anniversary. And I was watching Baez have the errors and watching just this comical game at times where the Tigers, you know, go down 6-2, to two, no surprise whatsoever. Uh, I wish I would be able to give out Tigers plays for you, but it's almost like there's just no value. I mean, sometimes we'll, we'll throw out a total here and there. Or the Tigers is a big underdog or, uh, you know, a favorite uh, that's playing Detroit uh, minus one and a half. Uh, I actually ended up betting the, the Rays minus one and a half, but it wasn't a play I was going to give out, as we talked about on the show yesterday. I just I just decided to do it, and hopefully you followed that on social media. But I was thinking to myself, okay, what is this team going to do? This rebuild has lasted five, six, whatever years now. You've got a guy after Mike Illich, who is a true legend, and a, a statesman, and, a, and a, just a lover of sport, and a lover of the city of Detroit, and wanted so badly to win that World Series before he left God's green earth. And he obviously is still here in spirit. His legacy will live forever with the thousands and thousands of jobs he created with Little Caesars and all the other businesses, and of course the Tigers uh, and the Red Wings as well. But when you look at what this franchise is dealing with right now, they've got a GM and Alvila that I never have given a pass on, but a GM and Alvila that I have said, okay, it's going to take time. I'd rather the Tigers to be bad for five or six years and then good for 15, you know, for the most part. I know baseball teams, even the Red Sox and Yankees, for the, you know, have years where they're off. I mean, with the money, kind of money they spend, along with the Dodgers and a couple other teams, they're not going to be terrible. But even the Red Sox, after they won a World Series, ended up firing Dabrowski the next year because they were bad and missed the playoffs. Yankees have had some down years where, you know, they obviously were on the fringe of the playoffs or got in as a wild card or whatever. But, you know, with the amount of money they spend, they should be in the ALCS every year, minimum. But when you look at Detroit, 13th or 14th, 15th, based on the year, sometimes 12th biggest market, it's not a small market team. It's not a major market team as far as New York, L.A., and, and, and you know, cities like that. But it's it's not, a, it's not a small market team. And the Tigers spent a lot of money on payroll when Mike Illich was alive. Chris has obviously shed a lot of payroll, but the Tigers are going through a rebuild, made a lot of trades, trying to draft and gain a lot of talent through the draft and through free agency and bringing guys up through the system. Remember, for years, the Tigers' farm system during that, that decade or so of contention under Jim Leland into the end of you know the era in the Brad Auspice era. Uh, it didn't last very long, obviously, thankfully, because uh, of the, the lack of success. The, the Tigers, you know, they were a team that didn't have much of a farm system because they would kind of get rid of a lot of their prospects to win, win the win-now mentality. Well, the Tigers' farm system has gotten much better. It's gone down a couple clicks in the last couple of years, and obviously COVID was part of that, and, and just all the different issues that baseball has, has dealt with with the, the slowdown and the stoppage and the, you know, the later starts of the season with obviously the, the strike this year and, and obviously COVID uh, going back a couple of years. But the farm system has gotten a lot better. And I know at one point it was ranked fifth. 
in Major League Baseball. I think that was three years ago. There's talent there. Coming to this season, by the way, uh, you know, when it comes to ranking the farm systems, MLB.com does uh, the farm system rankings every year. I know MLB Pipeline has some good stuff as well. Uh, the Tigers came into this season ranked 10th. 2021, their midseason rank was 7. 2021, their preseason rank was 2. 2020, uh, their midseason rank was 2. And 2020, their preseason rank was 5. And of course, the top prospects coming in, Torque, Riley Green, Jackson Joe. And MLB.com mentioned, oh, their system has two prospects in the top five. Only five have three or more in the top 40. And they say those facts alone would buy the Tigers a spot in the top 10 of these rankings. But only by a whisker they get there because of the group's top heaviness. And they're developing, but it's top heavy. And Alvila cannot be left in charge of this forever. This, yes, the Casey Mize got hurt. There's been injuries. Rodney Green got hurt. A lot of teams have injuries. Every team has injuries. It's not like the Tigers were bit by the injury bug more than anybody else. There's way more teams that have more games missed overall than the Tigers do. But when you look at Avila and the lack of this team growing, last year, great second half. Thought they were going to be an 80-plus win team this year. Yes, you can factor in some injury parts of that. But Chris Illich, the question is, does he care? I've been talking to a lot of people that cover the Detroit Tigers, and I'm going to you know, leave their names out of this because it's not important. I don't want to you know, leave any kind of issue with, the, you know, not that they don't have job security, but I don't want to cause any problems with what they do because this is more about the overall feel with people that I trust that cover the Tigers. And that many of them don't believe that Chris Illich cares. I know that Chris Illich has to care at some level. But this might be the time when Ken Roosevelt does kind of a hit piece on Al Avila. When the Tigers are drawing like 10, 11,000 fans. When they're out of it in early August. When they just don't have any consistency. And yes, there are prospects. But to me, 2022... The Tigers, after taking at least a step forward last year, maybe even a step and a half, have taken two or three back. The offense is terrible. Yeah, the bullpen's been great for much of the year. Starting pitching, eh. Defense, bad. You saw that with the the errors in the loss to the Rays. I know the Rays had two errors too, but there's, there's just no momentum and belief right now that this Tigers team and franchise can move forward next year. And maybe A.J. Hinch isn't the right guy for looking like he was last year. And next year's a big year for him. And if Alvila is back, which it looks like he probably will be, next year's a huge year for him. If you have another year like this, you have to move on from definitely Alvila and probably even A.J. Hinch. We'll see. I don't blame A.J. Hinch specifically for the majority of the Tigers' problems. He obviously is a great manager, whether you believe that they only won the World Series because they were cheating you know, stealing signals of the trash cans and all that stuff or not. But he's a good manager. And it seems like the players respect him and that there's this kind of camaraderie there that they believe things can turn around. But it's just not a good product. It's, it's there's as I mentioned, there's no synergy or a feeling of momentum. Miguel Cabrera is talking about his knee and maybe he's done. Maybe this is the last year for him. Not that that's a huge loss. I mean, we love Miguel Cabrera. Detroit's one of the best hitters in the history of baseball. 
But that's that's still something. He said he wanted to stay until the end of his contract. He said he wanted to win a World Series with Detroit. Maybe if he sees, you know, cut out Barry Sanders and Herman Herb, Moore. Uh, Barry Sanders and, and uh, Calvin Johnson, that the Lions weren't going anywhere. They had the wrong people in charge. Maybe that's kind of the way he might end up looking at things. I, I, I've made a ton of money. I have 3,000 hits. I'm one of the greatest players ever. I'm a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, maybe unanimous, but you know how some of the baseball cranky writers can be. And just calls it up. Calls it a day. But reg- regardless of that, it doesn't feel like the Tigers are moving forward. And Al Avila is in charge of putting the team on the field, building it from the ground up, whether it's the farm system or trades or draft. And I know it's going to take a while to see what, well, maybe not a while for Torque. And he obviously wasn't ready for primetime yet this year. Brought up a little early, probably. Riley Green, you can tell, obviously, seems like the real deal. Jackson Job, we'll see probably maybe next year or it could be the year after. But it just doesn't feel like there is this great potential over the next couple of years. And if that's the case, seven, eight, nine years, that's too much. I know Ken Holland made that comment about, you know, re- the rebuild could take 10 years. In, in baseball, the Cubs, the Royals, the Astros, all those teams completely reinvented themselves. They sold most of their assets, completely rebuilt, and then got to World Series. Some of them won it. That's not what it feels like with the Detroit Tigers right now. So I just wonder if Chris Illich does care. I hope he does. I don't believe that some of the Tigers fans that think that Illich just is in it for the money. Maybe he will sell the team. But regardless of that, he's the owner right now. And he's got a, kind of like how Ward Manuel, the steward of the Michigan football program as the AD, had to make a decision on Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, he went to bad for him. It was close that maybe he was going to be gone before last year. He stayed. Ward Manuel gave his, you know, blessing, and Harbaugh took Michigan to the playoff. Maybe that's what happens this year with Chris Illich. Maybe he says, listen, we expect this team to be precipitously better next year, or, you know, we're going to make changes without coming out and basically saying Al Vila's, you know, GMing for his job. This can't go on forever. Not with the great fans of the city for the Tigers. Not with the great tradition here and how bad it's been for the last five, six years now. Yeah, it was great to have that decade basically of contention, but you can't just say, all right, well, you know, we'll just have a dead decade and then maybe in the 2030s we'll be good. The rebuild has taken well long enough. And if this team doesn't show incredibly different results, I'm not saying they got to, you know, win 90, 100 games, but if they don't seem like a much different team next year, you just have to move on from Alavilla. And by the way, and we know this doesn't matter overall, but there are some people in the business that are just jerks. Alvio's a great guy. I don't know him that that well, but I've covered him for years. I've had many interactions with him. He's a really good guy. He's a nice guy. He cares about the fans. He cares about the franchise. He cares about the history of, of the Detroit Tigers you know, team and fans and all that stuff. So it's not like he is just kind of being willy-nilly and, and doesn't like respect and appreciate what it takes to put a winner together. He truly believes he's doing that. But you can't let this go on forever. So we'll see what happens. Definitely we'll continue to touch on this throughout the rest of the season and have some interesting guests on for you in the offseason to see what their thoughts are, guys that cover the team. And maybe there will be that kind of 
shocking Chris Illich moment where there'll be a press conference called after the final game of the season. We are moving on from Alvila. Maybe it will be. And I'm not, call I'm not calling for his job. I don't want anyone to lose their job, but we know how it goes in sports. If you don't see the results, especially after a long period of time, got to move on. So that might be where Alvila's had it. Maybe it's where Alvila should be headed. But we'll know a lot more as we get closer towards the end of the season. All right, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window. It is brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. As I mentioned, the Tigers go down 6-2 to the Tampa Bay Rays. They will continue the four-game series coming up later tonight. It will be a 7-10 start at Comerica Park. 82 degrees, and it should be no crazy rain issues like we've had the last couple of days. It'll be Corey Kluber, the former Cleveland Indian slash Guardian. 7-6 with a 4.03 ERA. There hadn't been a named pitcher for the Tigers until uh, yesterday. It's Garcia. He is 0-0, zero zero, though, with a 4.91 ERA. And no surprise whatsoever, the Rays, a very big favorite at Bet Rivers uh, for a team that's obviously much better than the Tigers, but it's not like the Tigers are playing the Yankees. Uh, right now, the Rays minus 205 uh, and the total 8.5. Absolutely no play on this one for me. Uh, I just, I, I, there's no trust in the Tigers. And I was looking, you know, over the weekend. We'll see what happens on Friday night. If the Tigers lose on Friday night, lose the first two games of the series, game three is Cy Young candidate Shane McClanahan, 10-4, 2.07 ERA. Hill for the Tigers, who had, has had some nice moments at times, but, you know, 5.88 ERA. Uh, one and three on the on the season. Tigers are going to be a monstrosity, monstrosity uh, as far as a underdog goes. I mean, McClanahan on the road could be minus three hundred, which you rarely see a, a you know a baseball team on the road unless it's like late in the season trying to coach a playoff spot against a, a team that's obviously out of it. You might see him be minus three hundred or more. But I'll tell you this: the total. This is a game I might consider taking the over. Maybe it'll be six and a half. Maybe it'll be seven. Up to seven and a half. I think the Rays are going to score a ton of runs. And yes, McClanahan should probably most likely shut down the Tigers. But if the Rays can score seven or eight, or even six or seven, the Tigers score one or two after McClanahan's out of the game, maybe even one or two off them early in the game. That's going to be enough to go over that total. So see what the total is. If it's anything below seven, even say, you know what? We'll keep that number at seven. If it's seven or below, I think it's going to be six and a half. But if it is seven, or even seven and a half, I will say, like even money, go over. That's the one play I'm looking at. Definitely not taking the Tigers. They're going to lose by, you know, seven, eight runs. But that could be a, a possibility to look at an over with a great pitcher like McClanahan, but the Rays being able to really, really score a bunch of runs against Garcia. And then Sunday, hopefully the Tigers aren't going to be 0-3 and, and looking to avoid the four-game sweep. Uh, it's still undecided for Tampa, the 110 or 140 start, excuse me, at Comerica. Matt Manning will go for the Tigers. Uh 0-0 so far and 3-4-6 ERA for Detroit. All right, let's take a look at the Wyndham Championship and check in with the plays that we have, the outrights pre-tournament, and kind of where I'm at heading into the Friday round and over the weekend. And as, as always, as I've told you, stay in touch with my Twitter, DanleyChatty71. If I like anything matchup-wise or outright-wise, I will put it up there for you. Russell Henley, the best day uh, as far as our four players go. He was a three-under, three, three under, shot a 67. He's tied for 23rd right now. Brendan Todd, he is tied for 41st, minus two uh, with a 68. 
Not great. Will Zalatoris was played so well. Obviously, uh, had a chance to win the PGA, a great chance in the playoff, which Justin Thomas had a chance to win the U.S. Open, lost out to Matthew Fitzpatrick in the end, and he is just not playing well. I liked him last week at the Rocket. I liked him this week at uh, the Wyndham, uh, one of the you know top three favorites odds-wise. But he just not, the form is not there right now. And maybe he'll get it back for the playoff. Maybe he'll have a great day, you know, today. But tied for 109th and a one over on a course, which is a birdie machine. Uh, we'll get to the leaders in a minute. One over 71 for Will Zalatoris. He doesn't have a good Friday. He will miss the cut. Made another number, by the way, at the Rocket and played great the last couple of days. He was just too far behind to be in contention. Had he had a good, you know, let's say Thursday or Friday, he might have had a chance to win. Or at least be like seriously in the mix with Tony Finau at the Rocket uh, Mortgage, but that did happen. And then tied for 123rd, Denny McCarthy. Thought this was a great course fit for him. Plus two with a two over 72. But of course, it's all about what happens on Friday for players like those two. And of course, if Henley and Todd can add on and have like a six under type day or a five under type day, they'll be in the mix in the top 10 or 15 heading into the weekends. But John Haw has the lead right now. He shot a nine under 61 Sanjay Imu is one of the top three favorites. He was seven under with a 63. Uh, he's in second by himself. Peter Malinati and Brandon Wu, who we had as a top 20, uh, or top 10, excuse me, after the third round, or the second round, excuse me, of the, the Rocket into the weekend, and it didn't work out for Brandon Wu, but he obviously is off to a great start in this one. Six under, 64, along with Malinati to be tied for third. And then Michigan product Brian Stewart. Five under 65. He's part of a big group at uh, at, three, at five under, along with Cameron Percy, Aaron Wise, Austin Smotherman, Ben Coles, Alex Smalley, Ryan Moore, Rafa Cabrera Bella, and Michael Gliget. Uh And then there's uh, Ryan Brem, the you know Michigan connection as well, part of a big group tied at uh, for 14th at minus four. So I was looking. Let's go over the lines here, heading into the weekend at Bet Rivers. So you've got Sunjay M, who, you know, no surprise is the favorite, even though he's in second place right now behind Ha. He's plus 335 at Bet Rivers. Ha, plus 8.5 to 1. Aaron Wise, 14 to 1. Billy Horschel uh, is 20 to 1, along with Russell Henley. We got him actually at 25 to 1, so his odds have gone down. JT posted 20 to 1 uh, as well. And then Smalley at 22 to 1. Basenhut, uh, we didn't mention Basenhut, who's, uh, you know, tied for 14th as well, part of that uh, minus. Uh, Four group. Uh, he is 28 to 1. Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon, obviously, you know, has had some good form as of late. Harmon is definitely going to be in the mix over the weekend. Uh, if he has a good day on Friday, he's tied for 23rd at minus three. Brian Harmon at uh, Bet Rivers right now is 33 to 1, uh, along with Malinati as well, and Stallings and Brandon Wu, uh, and then Davis Riley at 40 to 1, and Tyrell Hatton at 45 to 1. So I looked for a couple guys to throw a, a half unit on right now with some value. And to me, and if you haven't taken Russell Henley that, take him now because he has a good Friday. He's going to be 10 to 1 or better or, you know, under that. So I gave him out as a pre-tournament play. I still like him at 20 to 1. I would definitely jump on him at 20 to 1. Now, you look at some value here. First, with Wu, who I really like. And I, I made a unit play on Brandon Wu. After the first round, 33 to 1. So I would throw a either a half unit or a unit. I made it a full unit play, but you know, this after the, the tournament starts, I don't often do full units. 
I'm going to do it, but you could do this to a half unit or a unit based on what your golf betting structure is. I do like Brandon Wu, 33 to 1. Definitely think there's some value there. And then I also think there is value on Sebastian Munoz. Sebastian Munoz at 50 to 1. You know, he quietly has had some solid form as of late, and he's right in the mix. He's tied for 23rd, minus 3. Is the, is the lead really minus 9 with John Hawk, who's never won before? No. I mean, Sun James at minus 7. If he doesn't have a great day, the, the lead could be right around 7 or 8 at the end of the day, based on what happens at the top of the leaderboard. So I like, you know, at, at most right now, you've got Munoz, who's 6 off, but if the lead, let's say, you know, feels more like 7, he was 4 off, 50 to 1 for a guy that I think has great course form and course fit uh, for Sedgwick Field Country Club uh, in North Carolina. So Munoz, uh, for either a half unit or a unit based on what you uh, normally do with golf betting, I have Munoz for a unit and I have Brandon Wu for a unit. Munoz 50 to 1, Wu at 33 to 1. And uh, also you can get Wu uh, plus 450 right now for a top 5. And you can get Wu at plus 225 for a top 10. I'm not going to touch those, but I think there is some value in the top 10. Uh, but it's a little too low for my liking right now. We'll see what happens uh, after day number two. And then for Munoz, when you look at Munoz and his numbers for a top five and a top 10, I think there is a little more value there for you. Eight to one for a top five and plus 350 for a top 10. I would bang a unit on Munoz for a top 10 and plus 350. He has a good day on Friday. That's going to go, or today, that's going to go way down to maybe plus 150 uh, because Munoz is that kind of birdie machine type of guy. So that's the the few things I like there heading in to the weekend. Uh, you know, obviously, when it comes to uh, when you listen to the show, obviously on Friday, hopefully it's before these guys tee off. But just, guy, even if you miss the, the odds that I'm giving you right now, if they're around that, like for Munoz, if it's anything between 40 or 50 to 1, I still would bang that. And then when it comes to the odds on Wu, he's 33 to 1. Uh, and uh, anything between 26 to 1 or 33 to 1, I would bang that as well. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, I always, always want to give you these plays, but sometimes you're going to listen to the show later. So, I always check my Twitter uh, and see it there. And I'll, I'll put them both on, on Twitter as well. All right. That's going to do it for the Motown Betting Window, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Coming up next, we'll give you some tips and tricks and strategies to make some money. Yes, I'm going to say it. Betting preseason football, the big uh, games or the majority of the games uh, start in earnest after the Hall of Fame game with Jacksonville and the Raiders next week. We'll get to that coming up next right here on the Detroit City Cast Fantastic Friday Edition brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today, in addition to their welcome bonus. Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. All right, so I know that maybe some of your friends or your parents or your significant other, whoever, might think that it's ridiculous that you are betting preseason football. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to discuss this throughout the preseason. Yes, it's great to have NFL football back. Soon enough, we'll have college football, and obviously soon enough, we'll have the NFL regular season where the majority of the value is. But anybody that tells you that betting on the preseason is stupid, 
is not a seasoned better, doesn't understand how value works, and probably doesn't want to do the kind of research and look into things that give you the edge that you need to obviously be a winning better, but win in the preseason. Now listen, looking at the schedule for next week, games start on the 11th uh, and go through the weekend. Lions play on the on the 12th, the Friday, where I'll be leaving to go out to Vegas, by the way, and I'll watch that game and bet it out in Vegas. Uh, Lions, by the way, currently a one and a half point underdog plus minus one fifteen. Atlanta minus one and a half minus one hundred five. Falcons minus one twenty on the money line. Lions minus one hundred three in the total. Thirty three and a half over minus one hundred four under minus one eighteen. If you were wondering right now, Bet Rivers. But you look at the schedule, and and obviously there's not a lot of games that we're going to take, and there might be a week where there's one game we take all week. But I just want to give you some tips and tricks here. And I'm going to give out games on this show regardless, like I always do. But these are things you can do on your own. And it doesn't take that much time. I'm not trying to make, tell you to make an algorithm and create some kind of Sheldon for Big Bang Theory, you know, supercomputer program. It's very simple. There's a few key things you need to look at when it comes to betting the preseason. Because there are going to be some weak lines. Number one is quarterback depth. And checking out what kind of battles at the quarterback spot. You might have a guy like Kenny Pickett who could end up being rookie of the year for Pittsburgh. You know, Tommy might decide to play him a lot. Might decide to play him very little. He's someone that's got something to prove and getting experience might play a little more based on who the coach is than another, you know, veteran type player. Also, you got guys trying to make teams. You got guys in quarterback battles. You've got to look to see on teams' depth charts exactly what the situation is. And also... Go on. Now we have the internet. This thing called the internet. Back 20, 30 years ago when I was first starting to bet, yeah, you had newspapers. You didn't really have the internet in its infancy, but you didn't have these kind of sites where you could go on, like, you know, the local Tennessee paper and check out Titans quotes, uh, you know, from Vrabel. You could go on, you know, the free press if you lived in Montana and check out quotes from Dan Campbell. You can go on there, go on Twitter, and see, listen, sometimes coaches will lie. I mean, it's coach speak, and I don't say they're lying on purpose. But a lot, the majority of the times, if let's say Dan Campbell says, all right, I'm not playing Jared Goff at all. I'm going to you know, play David Blau and I want him to go out there and score a ton of points. You've got to look to see how that could be an advantage based on what lines are. And you might have someone like Derek Carr with the Raiders. Obviously they played last night, no Derek Carr. Maybe he's going to be playing in one preseason game and that gives you a huge advantage because maybe new coach Josh McGarry says, listen, I want Carr to play the entire first half and the third quarter. The line might not have been adjusted yet. All those kind of things you can do when it's doing a little research, reading the local paper, going on Twitter, seeing what coaches say. There might be certain coaches. You know, I know that the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. I mean, there's been many that have done this, but I think it was Jeff Fisher. Like Jeff Fisher did care about the preseason. I know Sean McVay has said he doesn't care about the preseason. A lot of times they won't, you know, they care about training camp and getting some guys out there identifying third, fourth, fifth stringers. But as far as the starters go, they know their starters are. They're, they're A team, their B team. They're not worried about like winning, obviously winning and losing preseason games like very few coaches are. But there's some that are. I know Mike Martz wanted to win preseason games. And there's been some others. Coaches might come out and say, listen, we are going to see what kind of tempo we have with the offense. And we're going to go out there and see if we can score a lot of points. Now, it doesn't happen often, but you can find that kind of information out by doing a little research. And these lines are coming out earlier and earlier these days. I mean, these preseason lines have been out for a couple weeks, it seems like now. You can find value in certain lines. That is what you got to focus on 
there's not going to be a ton of games you're going to do this on, but there will be some very, very weak and bad lines in certain situations with preseason games. I mean, I'm looking at this Ravens-Titans game that's coming up next week. It's in Baltimore. Baltimore's a four and a half point favorite. Titans getting four and a half. Anytime you see more than three points in a preseason game, that sets off an alarm for me. Now, obviously, you got to look into it, see what's going to happen, who's not playing, who is playing. But anytime you see that kind of spread, the I'm telling you, so many times I have seen the underdog win and win outright. I mean, most of the spreads next week are one and a half, one. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Panthers-Commanders game. It's a two and a half point spread. Washington's favorite. Bears-Chiefs, Bears minus three and a half. And... Um, Soldier Field, because it looks like Fields might play some in that game. The, the Bills are three and a half point favorites over the Colts. Steelers, three and a half point favorites because of Pickett over the Seahawks. Seahawks are going to be garbage anyway. Uh, but most of these spreads are under three. When you see a spread that's bigger than three, that's kind of when you want to, you know, start doing a little research. And then you look at the totals. Most of them in the low 30s. I'm seeing pretty much every total right now for the first several games, except for one of them with the Giants and Patriots. All 33 and a half. The total last night was 30 and a half. I sent it on the show to go over. Went over, easy, 27-11. Uh, so 38-point score there. I want to say it didn't necessarily go over easy, but it definitely went over. Um, and you've got, you know, most of these, these preseason games do not have a lot of scoring. But then you'll see certain games that might have 50, 60 points in the preseason. And you can identify that by doing a little research. So also checking weather. We're in summer right now. You don't have to worry about, like, bad snowstorms. But there could be, like, rain. Fields could be really, you know, muddy, and it could cause much less ability to score and to have the footing you need. There could be high winds in certain, you know, s- s- scenarios for the preseason. So looking into quarterback death battles, obviously if there's a big injury, two or three from guys that were going to play, and they're not going to play. Coaches saying what they might want to do in certain scenarios. It's all still pretty vanilla, but it doesn't mean if a coach like, let's say for example, uh, you know, Dan Campbell of the Lions said he wants to go out there no matter who's playing uh, quarterback, obviously golf very unlikely to play much of the preseason. They, he wants to run a lot of tempo on offense and really mix things up and really see what kind of you know scoring presence they can have. Things like that. You can see different coaches that will take it a little more seriously than others or at least outwardly say things. Lions are on hard knocks. That's a, an added value. They know that they're going to be, you know, not that they're going to try to lose preseason games ever. They know that they're going to be showcased. They're going to have a little more to play for in a meaningless game than some other teams might because they know they're going to be a nationally TV televised team on this great series, Hard Knocks. That's something to read into. Primetime games, when they have the the rare Monday night football preseason game or Sunday night football or Thursday night football or Saturday nationally televised game on CBS, teams seem to kind of rise up for that even though it's the preseason. And once again, position battles, running back battles, wide receiver battles, Mainly, though, quarterback battles and depth chart. When it comes to the quarterbacks, you can find weak lines. Do your research. Obviously, listen to me. And there could be there's definitely money to be made in the preseason. Full slate of games coming up next week. And I'll give you, if there's you know games that I like right away, we'll talk about them. I'm not going to start making picks right now. It is too early, even for the preseason. And I mentioned there's the one game I looked at, uh, you know, when it came to a, just a weird spread. Ravens, you know, giving four and a half at home to the Titans. Ravens are, you know, an incredible preseason team, by the way. People didn't know. I believe that they've won. They haven't lost in the preseason in like five years or something. It's been crazy. Um, but yes, there will be some times to bang out some of these lines. And sometimes you'll see a line like, for example, the first game uh, next uh, week on Thursday, Patriots-Giants. 
Patriots minus one and a half. You could see that line go to Patriots minus five. You could see that line go to Giants minus five and a half based on information and, and things that come out. We're going to get you ahead of that, but you can be ahead of that yourself as well because I can't give you everything. I'm not on the, you know, doing the shows 24 hours a day, but there's definitely value and, and money to be made in the preseason. But of course, the high majority of that is when we start the regular season. Also, going to have some fun with doing some fantasy segments for you, bringing some fantasy football guests on to give you some uh, ideas and, I, you know, definitely some players to, to zero in on because I know a lot of you play fantasy as well. So we'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, going through uh, the next few weeks, getting ready for the start of the regular season in the NFL. All right, it's going to do it for me here today on the Fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Have a great weekend. Stay tuned to my Twitter. If there's any golf plays I'm going to throw out there, any plays at all, uh, obviously we'll see. there'll be a lot, lot more of this going on during football season uh, when there's games that I'll decide to, to take after a show that I've done or a game that I'll add on that I just got information on. So watch for that as well. Uh, but, you know, be out, be out there and enjoy this great weather we have in Michigan, or wherever you are. I know most of you listening are in Michigan, because once it's gone, you know how much we're going to miss it. So until next time, keep reaching for the stars, believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, on this fine Friday, setting you the weekend. Out of here!